You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, everybody listening today to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast? My name is Scott Worthington. I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here in the beautiful city of Las Vegas in the wonderful church of Hope Church. If you are listening to this in real time, it is May of 2021. Really appreciate you carving out some time. Just want to get some housekeeping items ahead of, of the actual content today. Thank you so much for all of you who have reached out and let us know just how the podcast is blessing you. Also, um, just checked on iTunes the other day. Tons of five-star reviews and some awesome um, uh, reviews, actually text reviews, just letting us know how you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, believe it or not, that actually helps get the word out. So if you've never done that, it takes about two seconds to flip over on your app. If you give us a, a, a review, we would appreciate five stars, but um, it really does. The algorithms and how it all works, it, it helps more people uh, get access to this content, and we would be super, super grateful for that. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who's reached out. Vance and I hear all the time of how this is kind of blessing pe- leaders all over, uh, not only Las Vegas, but the West, the, the country of the United States, and the world, uh, believe it or not. So um, super, super grateful that you're tuning in for another episode. I am sitting down here in the office with the man, the myth, the legend, my pastor, mentor, friend, Vance Pittman. What's up, man? Man, doing good, Scott. I am uh, getting ready to, as soon as we finish, wrap up this recording, I am headed to PT. Uh, thanks to Scott and my son, Caleb. They have uh, brought me into the world of CrossFit. Man. Again, I do not call myself a CrossFitter, but I try to get in the same hemisphere as these CrossFit machines, Scott and Caleb and some of these other guys. And in CrossFit, I hurt my back a little bit. So I'm going to PT uh, this afternoon for the second time to try to get that worked out because i got to keep up with these young bucks. But other than that, doing really good, man. Step one of being an effective CrossFitter is randomly bringing up CrossFit all by yourself. So you're doing great, Vance. Yeah. yeah. Step two <laughs> is making sure you have a good PT in your contacts oh, list. Oh, no. Because you're no, going to need one. That is not sponsored by CrossFit. Uh, <laughs> so really excited about today. Obviously, if you saw in the title, this is a two. Uh, it's the second part of a two-part conversation. So if you are uh, new, if that's new to you and you're like, I didn't hear the first part, I encourage you to pause this right now. Go back to April 2021 where we started talking about this idea of failure in leadership. Um, we've get, got questions and, um, and just some, some DMs and some things from you listeners um, really on this idea of two parts. One, what happens, how do I, how do I uh, move forward when I fail as a leader? And so last month, we unpacked that. It was a great um, conversation. Vance actually shared some transparent moments where he knew he failed as a leader. And so we looked at really four really practical ways to respond when you fail as a leader. Real quick, you got to go listen to the episode. We talked about owning it, admitting it, reconciling it, and fixing it. Really practical stuff. If you've ever dropped the ball as a leader, which if you're a leader listening to this, you know we all have dropped the ball as a leader, go back and listen to that podcast. Really, really, really helpful stuff. Um, But the flip side of that conversation is the second part, which is what we want to talk about today. And that is not when you fail as a leader, but what happens when you are failed by a leader? 
somebody that you, that you are being led by. And what's funny, Vance, we talked about this before we started recording, but um, we actually had somebody, um, a, a listener, reach out after listening to last month's, having no idea kind of where we were going uh, in this month's podcast, and just write us an email. I want to read it real quick to kind of tee us up and then and then let you off to the races on the content. But this is from a listener named Josh. Shout out to Josh for writing us this email. By the way, when you email us, DM us. We read them, we check them out, and it kind of helps shape our conversation. Uh, but basically, uh, Josh goes on to say, uh, just really excited about the podcast and said, basically, I have a form, I'm a foreman on my job and I'm currently in a place where my direct boss is failing me and my team. He's struggling with how to handle this. He's talked to his wife and they're, they're praying about how to handle this as a Jesus following couple being failed by their leader. And so Josh, I won't read your whole email, but uh, just appreciate you reaching out. And I hope for the Joshes of the world, um, this content today is very, very helpful. What happens, Vance? How do we move forward? How do we respond when we are failed by a leader? Yeah. And Scott, let's just remember what I'd like to do when we finish this episode is to kind of close at the end. I'd like to pray for Josh by name. Yeah. But also pray for uh, the people that are listening to this like Josh that are in a situation where they uh, have, a, have a leader or leaders that they feel like are letting them down, disappointing them, failing them, or they're struggling to follow their leadership. And I want to pray for them after sharing the content that we, content that we want to talk about today. Awesome. Yeah, so we're going to jump in. And again, we want to make this as practical as possible. Um, last week or last month, we, we really gave you four ways to respond. And this month is similar as you are being failed, as you are looking at your leadership and feel failed by them. We want to really give you five ways to respond. Five things you can put in your tool belt. Maybe it's tomorrow in the office. Maybe it's a couple years down the road, five ways to respond when you are failed by your leadership. Yeah, and before we even jump in, Scott, I want to begin by just trying to distinguish between when leaders legitimately fail us versus when we elevate leaders to standards or pedestals that are unattainable. Mm. Uh, one of my, the verses in, in, in the Bible that I love is Romans chapter 10, verse 11, and Paul's writing, and it's about the Lord. He says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. And how many of us could say, man, we have found that to be true. When you put your trust in the Lord, he will never let you down. The Greek word for disappointed is a word that means to made to feel shame, to made to feel frustrated, to made to feel disappointed or let down. And the bottom line is, if you put your faith and trust in the Lord, he will never disappoint you. He will never let you down. But if I was going to write a version of that verse for me as a leader, I would say it this way. Whoever follows me will for sure at times be disappointed mm. because I think sometimes we, we put leaders on this pedestal that there's no way they can live up to the expectations that we place on them. And here's what I want to challenge us as Christ followers that are listening to this, that are in positions where maybe you're in leadership, but you also are serving under other leadership, either in church or business or education. Don't expect your leader to be what only Jesus can be to you. It's a big issue in the church. Oftentimes, people put their spiritual leadership, their small group leader, their pastor, uh, their ministry director, they put them on this pedestal like they're some kind of a super Christian, and they almost expect them to be for them what only Jesus can be. And every time you do that, I promise you, your leader will fail you. But that's really not your leader's fault. 
That's more on you for expecting them to be something that only Jesus can be for you. They can't always be there. They will let you down. They will disappoint you. But it's not just true in the church. It happens in business and education. When we start looking to our leaders as our providers, when we look to our leaders as the ones that promote us, when we look at our leaders as the one that develop us, now it's true that leaders can play a part in our provision, our promotion, our development, and other things. But ultimately, Jesus is our source. He's the God of our lives. He's the one that's my provider. The, the leader that I'm working for in, in business, does, does God use him to provide? Yes, but my source is Jesus. That leader is just a resource. Jesus is the one that ultimately promotes me and places me where he wants me to be. He knows my address. He knows where I am. Jesus is the developer of my soul and the developer of who I am. So we have to make sure when we're talking about, man, my leader let me down. My leader failed me that it doesn't start by you putting a place or putting your leader on a pedestal or in an unattainable situation and standard where they simply cannot meet your expectations. That being said, there will be times when leaders will fail us. You can be guaranteed your leader will in some way, at some point, in some moment, through some decision or action, he, he or she will let you down they will fail you. What do we do when that happens? I want to give you five things. Here's the first one. Number one, pray through it. Pray through it. Prayer is not about moving God's heart onto my agenda. Prayer is about aligning my heart with His agenda. And the reason I say we start with prayer is because prayer can change my perspective. You can feel like a leader has failed you. And instead of talking to somebody else about that first or running that around the office or going to God help us all Twitter or <laughs> Facebook or Instagram, how about first we run to the Lord? Because sometimes it's in prayer that God shows us some things about his perspective on a situation that changes our perspective towards that situation for example sometimes God wants to do something in you that he cannot do without that leader failing you here's the point God never wastes a circumstance in your life Romans chapter 8 verse 28 classic verse famous verse and we know that God causes all things the beauty in that is he didn't say the good things. He didn't say the great things. He said God, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Meaning this, what your leader has done, it may have really hurt you. It may have been wrong. I'm not saying the leader's right in doing it. I'm not saying the leader's justified. What I'm saying is God never wastes a circumstance in your life. And there may be some things that God wants to do in your life that he couldn't do without that leader failing you in the way that he or she has. A book that I read that I highly recommend is called The Calvary Road by Roy Hessian. The Calvary Road is a phenomenal book. It really is about the Holy Spirit's work in relationships in our lives. Um, but I read something in that book one time that I've never gotten away from. And here's the quote. It's a little bit long, but listen to this. Roy Hessian said again and again, we see that the thing in us that reacts so sharply 
to another's selfishness and pride is simply our own selfishness and pride, which we are unwilling to sacrifice. We shall have to accept another's ways and doings as God's will for us and meekly bend the neck to all of God's providences. That does not mean that we must accept another's selfishness as God's will for them. Far from it. But only as God's will for us. As far as the other is concerned, God will probably want to use us if we are broken to help him see his need. I just, that, that, that so profoundly struck me. And the point is, what somebody else does that fails me, disappoints me, hurts me, wrongs me, um, it's not God's will for them. It's not a justification for what they did. But here's the bottom line. If we believe in a sovereign God, here's what we know. It's God's will for me. And if it's God's will for me, there's something he wants to do in me through what I'm walking through with this leader that he can't do without this circumstance. So before you react, before you do anything else, pray through it. Let me give you two things to pray. Number one, pray for your leader. It's hard to have a wrong attitude towards somebody you're praying for. Just pray for your leader. Pray for the mistake, the error, the judgment, the disappointment, whatever it is. You just pray for your leader. And number two, Pray for what God wants you to learn from your leader's mistake. Sometimes it's what you need to do. Sometimes it's what you don't need to do. But start when your leader has let you down. There's no better place to start than in the presence of God, praying for your heart to be aligned with God's agenda, praying for your leader and asking God, what is he wanting to do in you through this circumstance that he couldn't do without what just happened. As you were just kind of talking through that, Vance, it brought me to my mind. Um, I'm reading right now my own God time, um, First Samuel. And you talk about a leader failing you. Um, Saul, the king, <laughs> and David, I mean, I, I read this morning uh, one of the many times that David is on the run um, because Saul is, is, is wowing out and trying to kill him. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, talk about leadership failure. And um, everything you just talked about with praying through it, David does. I mean, how many psalms are written where he's just crying out to God on behalf of of the situation where he's literally running from Saul, seeing stories of God's triumph through David's life because of the situation. Um, and even things like, I will not put my hand against God's anointed. I mean, just the, the heart and the intimacy he had with God um, in the midst of a leader failing him is really an inspiration for, for what our conversation is today. So pray through it. That's number one. What's number two? Number two, after pray through it, and again, when we say pray through it, I'm not talking about going and grabbing the old imprecatory psalms and bring the judgment <laughs> of God on them. I'm talking about getting our heart in line with him, pray through it. Number two, process it. Process it. And again, I, I put these in order for a reason. Don't start processing it until you've prayed through it. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to move your heart in line with God's heart for your leader uh, which will cultivate a heart of honor, a heart of submission, a heart of service, a heart of forgiveness, all those things, then you begin to process it. And, and processing it means you got to ask as many questions as you can internally. You need to try to force yourself to think through what has happened, why it's happened. And so just think through all the, the interrogatives, the, the who question. Who really is responsible for this mistake? Who let me down? Because here's what happens. Often in processing it, you realize, you know, I'm blaming my leader. But in reality, it's not my leader's fault. Sometimes the person at the top of the organization is just the easiest one to blame. And so you need to ask, who's responsible for this? 
ask the what question. What happened here? What, what, what circumstances led us to this? What was the thought process that guide, got us here? Uh, ask the, the when question. When, when did this start? Where, when in the process of, of my leader's relationship to me did, did this begin? Ask the how question. How, how could this have gone differently? If I was in my leader's position, how would I have handled that? How would I have responded to this? It's an important step to determine uh, whether or not uh, you, exactly what's taking place and how you want to process it. Now, in the process, in the in the in the process of processing it, mm-hmm. a, a lot of hard heart work has to be done, uh, where you have to really so you pray through it, and then you I think even in this processing part, you need to do that in conversation with the Holy Spirit of God, um, just just allowing Him to speak to your heart as you process exactly what's taking place, and it's in the processing part of this that you may determine that the failure of your leader is so great or it's such a conflict with your convictions as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, that you can no longer serve under the leadership of this particular individual, him or her, whoever it may be. So in the processing part of that, you're trying to evaluate how we got here, exactly what happened, but also you're wrestling with that question, is this such a, a conflict to my convictions? Is this such an area of compromise? Is this beyond a disappointment to a complete failure of conviction that means, hey, I can't work here. I can't be in this relationship. I can't be under this leadership. So you got to pray through it. And then secondly, you got to ask a lot of questions and process it. This is really good stuff, and, and I feel like, again, we, we have several of these on the podcast, but this is one of those ones, if you're driving or something and can't necessarily take notes, maybe this is one you want to uh, listen to again when you get to the office or where you can kind of, as you're processing it, write some things down. I mean, these, this is some really good stuff that maybe isn't just a listen on the way to work kind of stuff um, as, you, as you work through um, these, these, five, uh, these five ways to, to process. So uh, pray through it, process it, and what's number three, Vince? Number three is where it's going to get hard. It gets tough. Uh, and number three is really about who we are as followers of Jesus. Here's number three. You got to forgive it. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> they haven't asked me for forgiveness yet. Well, um, when I was pastoring my first church, um, some of the leadership in our church and I ultimately got pretty sideways to the point that um, the other leaders of that church asked me to leave as the senior pastor of our church. And it wounded me deeply. Um, Now, that's been well over 20-plus years ago. Um, Now I've had the opportunity to reconcile with many of those that were involved in that situation and count them dear brothers in Christ. But... In that moment, I was deeply wounded. I was a 25-year-old young guy who was young in ministry, uh, had been deeply hurt. And I wanted to go back and pray. The, I wanted the Old Testament Jesus mm. to show up. And it's interesting. I never want Old Testament Jesus in my life. I just want Old Testament Jesus in the lives of others. But I wanted the Jesus to show up that would open up the earth and swallow people whole and put people in the belly of a fish and call down fire and brimstone from heaven. That's, that's the Jesus I wanted to show up. 
And I began to be, you've heard me on this podcast talk about a man named Clyde Cranford who began to disciple me. And Clyde began to talk to me about forgiveness. And he looked at me and he said, Vance, have you forgiven those men who hurt you? And I said, what do you mean forgiven them? They didn't ask me for forgiveness. Mm. And he simply opened his Bible and he read from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And I was good with him up to that moment. Mm. And then he said, as God in Christ has forgiven you. And it's like when he read that, he took an anvil and hit me in the center of my chest. Because all at once I realized the forgiveness of God for me began before, long before I even knew I needed it. Much less thought to ask for it. Much less sought repentance over it. The kind of forgiveness that God demands of me is a forgiveness that is not possible in my own strength. It's a forgiveness that is only possible through Christ in me. That's the kind of forgiveness he calls for. And uh, forgiveness does not mean that there aren't consequences for someone's actions. Mm. Uh, Forgiveness does not mean I excuse you for wronging me. Forgiveness means I'm releasing you of the burden towards me because I've been forgiven much. I want to be one who forgives much. It's a great quote about forgiveness that says, Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. Unforgiveness will destroy you. Unforgiveness, all unforgiveness does is allows the other person to wrong you again and again and again and again. When you forgive them, there's a release that takes place in your heart. And again, I understand. I'm not trying to excuse what's been done. I'm not trying to excuse the mistake, the disappointment, whatever it is in your leadership that's failed you. All I'm saying is God in Christ in you is big enough to allow you to forgive and release that individual from the the burden of responsibility that you're, you're carrying. So you got to forgive it. Pray through it. Process it. Forgive it. We got two more, and this, is, this has already been heavy. Lots, lots of stuff to process. Obviously, if, for those of you who are listening who have been failed by a leader, for, for Josh and the Joshes of our podcast, um, there's, a, there's a lot to carry here, a lot to process through and, and work out with Jesus. Um, pray through it. Process it. Forgive it. Uh, what are those last, or what's the next one, Vince? Yeah, the fourth one. And this is the one that, that many of you are waiting on me to get to. <laughs> Uh, everything else up to this point has really been about what God wants to do in you mm. through having been failed from a, by, by a leader. And listen, it's happened. It's going to happen again. And God won't waste those circumstances. Now, once you've prayed through it, once you've processed it, once you've forgiven it, here's number four. Humbly communicate it. Humbly communicate it. Communication brings clarity. When you, in humility, and and I I want you to hear that, humbly communicate it. Humility is a posture of submission. Submission is a posture posture that says, um, I, I value 
you. Uh, submission is this idea of um, I consider you more important than myself. Now, it's not saying your leader is more important than you. It's a posture of the heart that we've been called to as Christians to walk in humility that lives in a way submissively towards others that considers them more important than myself. So I want to, in humility, sit down with my leader and communicate what I feel like has happened after having prayed through it, after having processed it, after having forgiven it. Now I'm in a right heart, heart posture to sit down and communicate with my leader. And here's what you figure out. Sometimes in communicating it, you learn some things you didn't know. Often your leader has more perspective than you do about what's taking place in your organization. And often your leader has to make decisions without the freedom to give you all the information. And all I can tell you as somebody who sits in a position of leadership is, man, grace goes a long way here. So you humbly communicate it. Let me give you three steps to that. Number one, assume the best. Assume the best. When you've really prayed through it, when you've really processed it, when you've forgiven it, the starting point of communicating or confronting this leader over this mistake or disappointment is to assume the best and give the benefit of the doubt. Mm. And listen, that's not just business practice. That's Bible Christianity. 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified Bible. Verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. And listen to this, love is ready is ever ready to believe the best of every person. So when you sit down to humbly communicate, don't assume the worst. As a Christian, assume the best and give the benefit of the doubt. Then, number two, communicate to clarify. Don't walk in with the hammer cocked back, the guns loaded, assuming the worst. Assume the best, give them the benefit of the doubt, demonstrate grace, and then communicate to clarify and then through communication and clarification number three demonstrate grace and understanding uh, show grace and understanding towards that person and this 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 step of humbly communicating it is really about the biblical principle of Matthew 18 a lot of people talk about Matthew 18 like Matthew 18 is the church discipline verses I don't know whoever came up with that mm. language that is not discipline is not the goal of Matthew 18 Matthew 18 is not punitive. Matthew 18 is redemptive. The, the goal of Matthew 18 starts with, something, you got something against a brother? You go to him in private. Why do you do that? You're assuming the best, and if you go to him in private and you're wrong in what you've perceived, you fix it in private, and the Bible says you win your brother. Man, no damage has been done to their reputation. No damage has been done to their testimony. You, you start in Matthew 18. If, if that doesn't work, then you need to get somebody else to come. It says in two or three witnesses. Now, the two or three witnesses are not you building your case. You're bringing somebody else to the conversation so that they can hear one perspective and the other perspective and maybe help the two of you see the difference between your perspectives. So this is that Matthew 18 principle of walking through steps of redeeming a relationship. Now, are there church discipline applications in Matthew 18? A hundred percent there are if you get to the furthest extent. But we ought to get there weeping and, 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 and groaning 
and, and doing everything we can to redeem those relationships. The heart of that passage is about redeeming, and that's what humbly communicating it is. Humbly communicating it is not you going to your leader to wag your finger and say, here's where you were wrong, here's what I would have done, here's how I know best. It's after you've prayed through it, processed it, forgiven it, you're now humbly communicating it with your leader, number one, to make sure your perspective is right and the leader doesn't need to show you something maybe you didn't know. And number two, you want to help your leader get better and you're redemptively trying to speak into their lives and make them better at who they are. That's part of your responsibility. It's amazing. In our few minutes remaining, um, number five, uh, after, after you've prayed through it, processed it, forgiven it, humbly communicated it, what's this last one? Babe? Here's the last one. Help fix it. Hmm. Help fix it. There is nothing more encouraging for a leader than someone who rolls up their sleeves and helps fix it. As a leader, I, I say this to our team all the time, do not bring me problems, bring me solutions. Bringing me problems makes you unnecessary. I know they're problems. <laughs> the, reason I'm, the reason you're on the team is I need solutions. And so as, as, if a leader's failed you, after you've prayed through it, processed it, forgiven it, you've communicated it, then you become a part of the solution. And here's what I'm telling you. You will endear yourself to that leader in taking the steps to help fix what maybe has been done. So that's the five things that I recommend when you've been failed by a leader. And I can promise you what Vance just said is going to end up on Twitter real soon. Bringing a problem makes you unnecessary. That's a good one, Vance. <laughs> hey, real quick, before we end, I got a couple of things to say. But, Vance, we had mentioned in the beginning we wanted to pray for Josh and also for the people that he represents, people that right now are listening to this podcast maybe with tears in their eyes, and um, they are going to walk through this right now. They're going to be praying through it. They're going to be processing it, forgiving it, having those conversations with those leaders, just the ones that are really in the trenches. Um, would love for you to just pray for them, and then I'll close up our podcast. Yeah, and before I pray, let me add this, Scott. What we're talking about here are not things that are immoral. Mm. We're not talking about things that are illegal. And we're not talking about things that are unethical. If the way your leader has failed you is immoral, unethical, or illegal, there's an entirely different way that you need to respond to those situations. Um, and, and you need to seek some help from, if you're in an organization, a company, you need to seek help from HR. Um, if, it's a, if it's a church situation, you need to get other people involved in that. We're not talking about a leadership failure that's immoral, yeah. uh, unethical or illegal we're talking about where there's just some relational conflict judgment discernment bad decision making bad attitudes that's the kind of stuff we're addressing and talking about um, that we hope these steps will allow you to be more redemptive and christ-like in approaching those things if it's beyond that you need to get some other people involved um, in helping you navigate that particular situation it's awesome. Much Let pray. me pray for yeah. Josh and others like him. Cool. God, I pray for those that are listening today that are navigating through situations where leadership has failed them. And Lord, ultimately, for some of them, it might mean that it's the end of their time in this particular place of ministry or organization because the leadership failure is so great that they need to move on to something else. For some of them, they're going to get to walk through these steps and see redemption and reconciliation and even restoration and growth and development in their organization because of these. 
But God, I pray for each of them that you'd speak to them very clearly. God, that through this you would show them things in them that you could not show them without these circumstances. I pray specifically for Josh and others like them as they seek you that they would come out of this and love you more, uh, love others more, and be more about leveraging everything that they have for the sake of the kingdom of God. Lord, we bless you today and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, before you log off or click off of the app, I want to remind you uh, just to give a review, but also let you know we are really excited. Vance and I met uh, earlier this week uh, talking about what's coming up on the podcast. Really, really excited for what the summer of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast looks like. So uh, keep tuning in. That first Monday of every month, you'll we'll be dropping a new episode, and the summer is going to be fire and really, really good stuff. So I hope you're enjoying your day, leading wherever you're leading, praying for you, and we will see you next month in June of 2021 on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.